Welcome to the Veterinary Career Services Podcast, a show for veterinarians, veterinary specialists, and hospital management. Join industry expert and president of VCS, Laura Anderson, as she interviews seasoned and accomplished veterinarians that share their paths and provide insights that can help professionals achieve their career goals. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Melissa Parsons, who founded Pearland Animal Cancer and Referral Center in 2018 with the vision of providing quality, cancer-focused specialty care. The hospital is located in Pearland, which is about 20 minutes from downtown Houston. They will be opening a second facility in Woodlands in March 2021. Dr. Parsons has been a diplomate of the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine since 2013. She is Canadian and received her Doctor of Veterinary Medicine by the Atlantic Veterinary College in Prince Edward Isle, Canada. Dr. Parsons completed a rotating internship in medicine and surgery in New Jersey at Garden State Veterinary Specialist and a medical oncology internship at the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia. She then completed a residency in medical oncology at Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge. After completing her training in the United States, she returned to Canada to the Ontario Veterinary College, where she worked and taught at the Animal Cancer Center before being drawn back to the heat of the South. Dr. Parsons now calls Houston her home. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for doing this. What an exciting time for you and for Pearland. Absolutely. So, so tell me, um, before we start talking about the hospital, tell me a little bit about your early career in academia and then transitioning to private practice. Right. So initially, obviously, you know, we're all trained in vet school and we're exposed to academia early on. And um, my first exposure to private practice was in New Jersey uh, at Garden State. And then I continued on in academia. And so I was lucky early on to see the differences that can occur in academia and private practice. Namely, in private practice, you still have interns and residents, but things move much more quickly uh, because it's on a smaller scale. Uh, Versus academia, there's a lot more uh, rounds and discussing things. Uh, And I think somewhere in the middle is probably the, the best kind of combination of the two. So um, I went back then to, after finishing my residency, to the Animal Cancer Center. And um, that uh, Animal Cancer Center was designed to be an integration of private practice and and university setting. So it was attached to the Ontario Vet College, but funded through private funding. And I was hired to act in a private practice role, but within an academic setting. So um, it really kind of showed me that you could have efficiency and, uh, but still in an academic setting and have rounds and a lot of learning. So to me, that was the ideal uh, kind of job. So when I came back down to Houston, then in the private practice setting, um, we did we had interns, of course, um, no residents, but um, you know I was able to kind of develop my practice the way I wanted, and so I found you know through that experience in multiple places of um, combining the academic and the private practice setting is really the best. So 
you know, in starting the Animal Cancer Center, hopefully we can uh, take the time to be able to teach, and you know, not only interns down the road, but but also our clients and the general community about animal cancer care, um, but also in a very uh, efficient and compassionate way. So when you were in Ontario, that's when you started, you saw how the two private practice and academia can work together. And my guess is that's when your vision started for, for what you're doing now. Correct. Yeah. 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 I never really... I mean, I hadn't really uh, thought about having my own practice, but over uh-huh. time, uh, you know, as you uh, kind of get older and have more experience and and uh, fulfill one goal after the other, then you start having new goals. And so that's how that came about. So you founded Par- Paraland two years ago. What have they been, the past two years, what have they been like? I think at the beginning, I thought... You know, I was very excited about the the idea of developing the cancer center because you have a vision and you're working towards that vision. Um, and, you know, thinking it'll be exciting to have your own business. You can run the business and then also practice medicine and you can mold it the way you want it to be. Um, so it's been very exciting. We have had to work very hard at um, introducing ourselves to the South Houston uh, referring veterinarians and, um, you know, establishing our place, uh, down here. And they've been very open and receptive. We've been very, very fortunate. And we have a lot of really great clients, uh, who have also been very kind and supportive us. So, you know, from that perspective, I think it's, it's all positive, but I will say, um, you know, at the beginning, you're thinking, why doesn't everybody do this and start their own business? And I, you know, there, <laughs> there are definitely sleepless nights and, uh, you know, the worry and the hard work because you're never really off. And so right. you take a lot of responsibility, but it's welcome. And the rewards are uh, far greater than, you know, any of the negatives for sure. So what was the biggest challenge? Was it uh, building the, the client base or hiring or? I think it's hard to find the right people. I think that's an important uh-huh. point um, because I always tell my technicians um, that we are a very small practice. You know, we're, we're in a strip mall setting, um, but yet we've been successful. And why is that? And it's because we have the right people. So you really are, you know, uh, your practice and, and your reputation is really based on on your people. And so I get compliments every day about our staff and our approach and the time we take and the compassion and care that we offer. Um, and that is really, uh, you know, so important. And that's what we're looking for. So people come here because we want to provide that extra care and attention to cancer patients and clients seeking cancer care for their pets. And so that's our focus um, is client service, the client experience and how we treat their pets. And I think so that having the right people, no doubt is the biggest challenge. And then uh, also trying to show that to the referring veterinary community who Uh, You know, I wasn't known in this area before I started the practice. I didn't have a recognizable name of the practice or myself. And so, um, you know, it was reintroducing myself for the first time uh, in a new place. And that's always 
challenging because they have been doing things with, uh, you know, a lot of the same specialty practices for years. And so, um, but I appreciate the fact that they've been very welcoming uh, and very supportive. Uh, so we've been very lucky. It sounds like, I mean, it, as I mentioned earlier, you're getting ready to open a new facility or a second second location in Woodlands. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you must have seen tremendous growth throughout the, the past two years to be doing that. Yes, we've been very lucky again, you know, to be able to financially be able to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I live in the woodlands. And so, you know, my goal was always to have something up there. I think that the clients up there are uh, very open and ready to have that type of cancer care up there. Um, there's nobody uh, in the area uh, that will offer what we offer. And so we've we've kind of carved out a little niche for ourselves. And um, the Woodlands location will be uh, as much a specialty center for cancer as well as it will be almost a cancer lifestyle center. So we will have, um, you know, we're trying to make that experience for clients a very calm, relaxing, lower the anxiety level experience. And so that's going to be our focus. And we're trying to create something very unique um, that they've not experienced before. And so uh, an example of that. Yeah. 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 So um, the property itself is going to be in a park-like setting. Um, So we're going to move away from the strip mall model. Um, We're going to have lots of green space. Um, The the area also has our pool. So we'll have some swimming for patients. Um, We're going to offer some uh, community-focused events uh, relative to nutrition, um, grief counseling, you know, whatever the the community is interested in and do it in a very relaxing kind of setting. Um, And so we're really trying to focus on some of the softer sides of medicine, not only practicing good medicine from the traditional way of, you know, great surgery, great uh, patient care, good science, uh, good medicine, but also trying to support the client through the cancer journey with their pet and uh, trying to make that as positive as we can and trying to offer some of those services so that um, they can feel supported in those ways regarding nutrition and lifestyle because we spend a lot of time talking about that. And I think that would be, it's, uh, it's something that people are looking for, for sure. Absolutely. My guess is there are not many people whose lives haven't been touched by either their pet's cancer or, you know, a loved one. And um, you want to do everything you can to support them. And uh, and then there's so much information. I just had a, an animal, a pet that, that had cancer and, you know, I was looking at raw food diets and what should I be doing and what can I do to make them more comfortable? So to have all of that in one in one spot will be would be wonderful. And so comforting. Right. Yes, exactly. We get a lot of people who, you know, they're in Houston traffic, you know, life is busy, all this um, recent uh, events of 2020. And so they come in and they're very stressed, either financially or personally. Um, and so, you know, they're almost in tears when they come through the door. And so, you know, for us to be able to take them and give them a soft place to be, give them support, um, you know, we're going to focus on the humans and the pets. And so to me, that's very important um, because that 
you know, kind of trickles down and they really want nothing but the best for their pet. And so we want to make that as positive as it can possibly be. Um, You mentioned something important uh, relative to, you know, you talked about raw food diets and, and a lot of people um, and, and other things right around cancer care. And a lot of people, when they get a cancer diagnosis, they start, you know, feeding home cooked diets, they start doing filtered water, they start doing all kinds of supplements, just as a way to try to stop this, right, and try to support their pet. So what one of the things that we want to try to focus on as part of the lifestyle uh, part piece of the new practice will be preventative medicine. So you know, if you've got a breed uh, that's predisposed, how do we get in there early? Because we all know that the key to good cancer care is early detection and monitoring. So once we have a pet with cancer, you know, there's uh, we're up against quite a bit uh, to try to improve the prognosis in some cases. So how do we get in there early and try to do cancer screening, for example, the way we do in people? How do we provide a good diet? Are there supplements, immune support, anti-inflammatories that we can use to try to um, offset the risk factors that maybe those pets have? Weight control. So all those things kind of tie into the preventative piece of cancer care. And that's the other thing that we want to try to, uh, uh, I guess, promote, uh, because getting in there early in a lot of the breeds, not to kind of focus on golden retrievers or boxers, but they're a large part of our patients, unfortunately. So, you know, specifically, you know, you might want to get that dog on some, uh, you know, on a better diet, maybe some fatty acids, that type of thing early on. Uh, to do the best you can in a preventative way. And so my guess is, I mean, this is cutting edge in a sense. And so you will probably be doing a lot of continuing ed- education and community outreach, not only to to the community, but to the referring DVM community too, I, I would imagine. Right. I mean, I think it's a shift in, yes. instead of dealing with cancer when it happens, trying to get in there early you know, and trying to, trying to shift the mindset of being, um, you know, having to deal with cancer when it happens, but trying to, how to, how do we screen for it preventatively? So we have, you know, some uh, patients right now that come in, you know, chest x-rays, abdominal ultrasound, blood work on a routine basis, a couple of times a year, um, just, you know, when they get into their older years. So at least nine years and above, we have some working dogs, uh, arson dogs who have uh, high exposure to carcinogens, for example, they come in a couple of times a year for screening. And we have that them on, uh, you know, uh, anti-inflammatories or fatty acids and things um, to try to support them. Okay. Gosh, that's a whole new side of things that I had not realized was, ha- you know, I just didn't realize that was happening. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it is a lot. And I, I think it's so important because, you know, there's always the other part of what I hear from people aside from nutrition and <clears throat> how did they change the lifestyle of the pet is, what could I have done? Is it my fault? Yes. And so, or what about my other dog I have at home? What do I do about that dog? So that's when we get into trying to support the healthy dogs, get in there early, you know, organic food is great, but if you've got a dog with a terminal illness, boy, what could we have done if we had gotten in there early and offered better food and better nutrition and a healthier lifestyle to that pet before it all happened? Will you be offering rehab there as well? 
So we are going to focus on uh, um, multiple specialties will be offered. Um, surgery certainly uh, will be there. We may do some orthopedics down the road, although that's not going to be the, the focus. But rehab when it comes to a healthier lifestyle, certainly, um, you know, and trying to uh, potentially have that available might be something we could look at. And I'm certainly open to those things. And, you know, what we're um, thinking is, you know, I think the, the practice will grow organically and we'll listen to what our clients want. So you mentioned surgery. Are, will there be other specialties in Woodlands as well? Right. So we will have uh, surgery and oncology, of course. Um, okay. It's hard. A lot of our specialists like to be supported by other specialists. A lot of our patients are older. They have multiple problems. Uh, and so we will likely have other specialists there as well, such as internal medicine, uh, cardiology, dentistry. And so we will offer some of those uh, additional uh, specialties uh, over time. Yes. Great. Okay. So you mentioned preventative care, early detection. Are there other recent advances in cancer care that um, are just coming popular? Yeah. I mean, there are, we have a lot of the same chemos that we've been doing for years uh, in, in cancer treatment um, for lymphoma, for example. But then there's some new and exciting things uh, that we've been uh, enjoying and, and seeing our patients at least try a new uh, approach. So we've been working with Phytopure quite a bit, uh, which is a, a company that, that does genomic sequencing of some of the tumors and uh, pulls from the human medicine targeted therapies that are available to match the mutations that are detected in an individual patient's cancer. So it's more um, personalized medicine. Uh, and so they're looking and collecting data. They just um, hit the thousand case mark, which is great. Uh, and so, you know, I'll be excited to see what they have down the road. Um, I think, you know, they've looked at hemangiosarcoma, osteosarcoma, soft tissue sarcoma. Um, there is another company called Torigen that makes a, a vaccine out of the individual patient's tumor. So that's another interesting uh, immune therapy that's coming up that we have been in contact with. Um, and so I think a lot of those personalized medicine approaches are the direction that we will be headed uh, and that we're trying to head in. There's also a, you know, a vaccine for osteosarcoma um, and so uh, through Elias. And so there's lots of different things out there. And the nice thing about having your own practice is you can embrace those things um, as much or as little as you want and uh, form some great relationships and offer some unique uh, things to your clients. So are these clinical trials uh, that you're participating in or are you able to do that um independently? How, how is, does that work? Right. They're not structured as clinical trials at this point. They're basically taking data um, through cases from actual patients. Uh, the clients do foot the bill. Uh, we try to make it as affordable as we can. And so that, that data then gets uh, kind of um, collected and analyzed based on tumors and mutations. And they are well, they will release that data over time once they feel like they've got, uh, you know, adequate numbers and, and information to share. There's some data uh, through Torigen on lymphoma that's in the works. So I keep emailing them and asking when that will be available. But we're, we're uh, 
excited about seeing uh, if there's something we can do for lymphoma patients. You've mentioned prior in our conversation about cultural aspects of your your technicians and your staff. Tell me more about the culture at Paraland and how you're taking care of your employees to prevent burnout and compassion fatigue um, and other stresses that can develop in this kind of environment. Right. So the other thing, you know, as a practice owner, you can kind of make it whatever you want it to be. And one of the things that was very important uh, is that if we wanted to call ourselves a cancer center, we had to uh, be compliant and we had to um, meet a high standard of care. And that goes for our patients, but also for our staff. So we built out uh, an um, uh, USP 800 compliant chemotherapy room uh, with three separate rooms, negative pressures. Um, and so that was uh, a big investment to let the staff know that we're going to uh, keep them safe and um, minimize their exposure. We also use um, a closed system EquiShield device um, for administering our chemo. We uh, we're full PPE when chemotherapy is being administered. We have protocols for cage cleaning. Um, you know, so all those things are in place for staff on a technical level to make sure that we know that um, we're minimizing exposure and taking care of them. We also um, uh, do have EAP, which is uh, employee assistance, available for employees um, to contact uh, confidentially and at their uh, on their time when they want to talk about maybe, um, you know, personal stresses and that, you know, we all relate to our patients differently, our jobs. And then of course we all have our own personal lives. And so, you know, we want to make sure that our, our, our technicians are healthy and happy at work. And so that's really important to make sure that they're supported so that they can uh, enjoy their job. Okay. I mean, it certainly takes, a special person to be an oncologist or work with oncology or in an oncology. Um, it's just a whole nother level. So, um, and I'm sure by doing all the, the technical advances that you've done, that really makes your employees know that they're cared about and protected. I hope so. I mean, you know, we have a lot of our technicians are new to oncology and, you know, we've started from the ground up and they've learned very quickly. And, you know, they were, you can teach people about how to, you know, learn oncology, you know, all the technical things, the safety things, but you can't teach someone necessarily uh, an inherent feeling of compassion or empathy or the way they deal with other people that has to be, you know, within them as a person. So we look for that. And so, um, we've been very lucky in having some really great technicians again, you know, like I said, my clients say every day, uh, how appreciative, uh, they are and, um, how they've enjoyed the experience to the extent, obviously that they can. Um, and we've made it better for them, which is, you know, really, all we can ask for. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your clientele. Tell me about the clientele in, in Pearland and what it's going to be like in Woodlands. I think, you know, in Pearland, it's an interesting client base. Um, I think, you know, to a degree, I've really wanted to establish ourselves within the greater Houston area as uh, a cancer care center, a cancer focused center. 
Um, and that comes not only with good medicine, but also comes with uh, a certain uh, degree of detail and compassion. And uh, I think we've we've accomplished that. And as a result, our clientele seeks us out. We have clients from Corpus Christi, San Antonio, uh, way north of the Woodlands, uh, Galveston, uh, you know, Louisiana, uh, close to the border of Louisiana. So we get them from everywhere. And these are clearly, you know, wonderful pet owners who are incredibly bonded to their pet. And, you know, there are certain factors that are considered when considering cancer care. And we certainly take the time to make sure we give those people who, you know, cared enough to show up and, and get some more information. We want to make sure they have all the options available to them. And so no matter what path they choose, whether it's palliative care or, uh, you know, we, we do everything we possibly can for treatment. Um, I still feel good about helping those people uh, because they are so committed and so, um, you know, bonded to their pet and that really uh, those are, those are the people who we have. And I think it's the same in the woodlands, uh, you know, and I think it's just, we'll be able to offer a little bit more convenience because some of those chemotherapy protocols are weekly treatments and, you know, if you live really far away, it's hard for people logistically to, to do it. And so it just, uh, other than expanding out our services, uh, also will just be proximity wise is important. Um, it just comes into play, you know, uh, when people are trying to get their dog to chemo every week. So we'll be able to offer that for them as well, but the clientele will be similar. Um, we just have a, a high concentration of people who um, are seeking cancer care. And so we'll be able to offer that um, in close proximity up there. So how you're 20 minutes south of Houston. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. In the Paraland location. Mm -hmm. So what's on the horizon? I mean, you're starting Woodlands, that location, lots of exciting things. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, it, Everybody has dreams, of course, you know, to have um, kind of introduced that new concept of cancer care and maybe have an opportunity to expand it over time. Uh, we'll kind of see what the um, what the acceptance level is uh, in the woodlands, but it wouldn't it would be wonderful if more places could uh, use that model, right? If more place we could, uh, you know, prove that model to be. Uh, successful, which I think it will be, and um, you know, be able to have them those services more widespread. I think that that would be really the uh, the ideal situation. There are, um, you know, in human medicine, they have the Society of Integrative Oncology. They where they combine acupuncture, herbals, yoga, music therapy, nutrition for their cancer patients while they're on chemo. Uh, up in the woodlands, you've got Canopy, which is a cancer lifestyle center. Um, all of these things exist in human medicine. And I think it's time we brought that to our humans uh, taking care of veterinary cancer uh, patients. That's a tremendous vision. And it's, to me, if they're coming to you already for cancer care, my guess is they're well, most of your clients will welcome this kind of, um, these kinds of services, information, care. I think so. 
Yeah, I know I would. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Parsons, for speaking with me today. It's, um, you know, I really think you're on the forefront of cancer care and it's a thrill to work with you and um, I can't wait to see what happens. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Sure. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Veterinary Career Services Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. For feedback, questions, discussion topic requests, or if there is anything we can do for you, feel free to contact us at laura at vetcareerservices.com. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Veterinary Career Services Podcast.